into the contest. It's Wednesday the 19th of January. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. Shane Lee. Now, Shane, I uh, heard on the grapevine you've got the whippersnipper out. You're going to do the edges. Lorraine's giving you a list of jobs as she heads off to work. And you're going to get stuck in today. Well, it was, Timmy, but it's raining, mate. And as far as I'm concerned, oh, when God. I played cricket and it rained, I didn't have to go on to the paddock and... As far as these lawns go today, it's raining, so I'm not doing it until it stops raining. <laughs> That's my excuse. <laughs> so, does that mean lunch, or you got to look after the kids? No, I'd look after the kids, but um, I'm sure I'll find something nice to eat lunchtime. I might cook myself a little steak or something. Let's see how we go. Oh, yeah, cry back and send some over. Now, we have a charity <laughs> auction running for the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation who raise funds for important cancer research. There's some amazing uh, things to buy at really good prices, so have a look. Make sure you do. There's a cricket bat signed by the Aussies from the 2019 Ashes Tour in the United Kingdom. Of course, Steve Smith's batted so brilliantly, and they retain the Ashes. Afternoonsport.com forward slash auction is the place to go to. Now, on today's show, what about... The celebration they had after the Ashes. They had to get told to shut up. Beth Mooney, unfortunately, fractures her jaw. It's the most quirky of accidents and unfortunate for her. And Nick Kyrgios, well, they love him, don't they? Absolutely love him. And he's had a win in the opening round at the Australian Open. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Shane, well, the Aussies and the English uh, got on the P155 and had a uh, very, very big night in Hobart and uh, the local constabulary had to come over and say, shut it down. Well, have you seen the footage? It was hardly a party. They were just sitting around having a mm, cup of... Not, not, on the, not on the days that you and I were... Uh... Nah, like, come on. It was, uh, I think, Nathan Lyon, uh, Travis Head, Joe Root and, and Jimmy Anderson and, and a couple of other friends just sitting around the hotel into the wee hours of the morning and uh, and the police show up and Nathan Lyon goes, yep, no problem, guys, and just walked off. Come on, like, the boys are doing the right thing. They're not out in public making fools of themselves and uh, a little bit over the top. And the ECB officially responding and saying, we'll still look into the matter. Come on, they're having a few beers, end of a big series, and and sharing a beer together, which I thought was really good between the Aussies and the Poms. I remember, 93, 94, it was day two, the evening of day two, and Shane Warne and Tim May were in the bar of the Grand Chancellor. That's had various <laughs> names, that hotel in Hobart, and I was covering the, the test match, and it was huge. Someone was on the piano, someone was singing. It was massive, right? <laughs> And everyone was involved, and they went out and ripped Ken Rutherford's side apart the following day. I mean, some ex-cricketers would turn in their grave. Oh, big time, mate. And we, used to, we used to celebrate like that during the match. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what this was. They went out and they took five wickets each the following day. <laughs> no, nah, look, it's no problem. Look, it, 
it's a lot of pressure in these big series, and you've got to be able to blow off a bit of steam. So I don't see they've done anything wrong there. And, uh, yeah, once again, we've gone over the top here in, in this country. Too much red tape and too many too many hoops for people to jump through, mate. Oh, it does shit me when people lose their sense of humour yeah. and lose their yep. sense of fun and lose their sense of perspective. It's like, calm down, will you? Take a deep breath yep. and let the world float by sometimes. It's, uh, it is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, back to sport and um, – it, looked, it wasn't long, really, before Travis Head, Nathan Lyon uh, and Alex Carey, Scott Bolland, all back in, in BBL's matches and, and, and on to BBL finals. Yeah, straight back into it, which is good. And, uh, you know, they've, they've played well in the series, but uh, their franchise, who they're also paid um, paid by, um, they'll have to come back for the finals. We're just waiting on the actual the schedule to come out in the next day or so. Um, but, yeah, those guys will bolster their, their um, franchises in a big way, particularly, um, you know, Head, Carey, Lyon and Bowen all having fantastic Ashes series, so uh, they come back with with uh, a positive vibe and some very very good experience. And it, it seems like the BBL, like the A League and other sports, are now sort of with this wave sort of coming over the other side. It seems that they've they've gotten away with the trouble early on with guys going down and having to isolate um, because they've already done it, you know. So now they're they're mm. all pretty much at full strength. Yeah, they are, and uh, I suppose it's a it's a good and a bad thing. But yeah, once they get through it, they're off and away. And look, they did well to juggle it. Uh, there was a couple of games there where they had to pick guys out of grade cricket, but that happens from time to time, and I'm sure they'll have good memories to to share and why they played a game in the in the Big Bash in, in years to come. Yeah, and, and pushes them down the road to, to be motivated to think, well, this isn't too far yeah. away. I don't mind that at all. Uh, you know, people giving those little sliding door moments. Now, Beth Mooney, um, this was a really unfortunate moment, wasn't it? She's a, a great Australian cricketer, and of course, we got the women's ashes um starting and she's broken her jaw but but in the most you know ridiculous of circumstances that you just couldn't predict yeah she was getting throwdowns from the coach Matt, Matthew Mott Matty Mott the Queensland um, left-hand bat he's the coach of, of the women's team yeah. um and she's caught one right in the jaw and this is on the eve of the, um, the first ashes test against the poms and um look they're hoping she won't miss the entire series but yeah it's pretty hard to bat with a with with a with a busted jaw, it's not going to heal that quick. So she would be disappointed. Maddie Mott would feel terrible, I'm sure. Reminds me of Jeff Lawson when he was coach. He'd ask him for a few simple throwdowns to try and get your eye in, and he'd try and <laughs> branch in the head, Henry, <laughs> give you a few bounces. So he was trying to get you. I'm not sure Maddie Mott was. Yeah, Maddie Mott. He's one of the nicest blokes in the world. I remember when he went down to Bembury, played for Victoria for a while, and um, yes. he, were, he was a groundkeeper at one of the golf courses. And we did a story, a cricket show story, twenty years ago. But one of the one of the real lovely guys, and got on to be a very effective coach. So yeah, one mm. one of those just bad accidents. Now, Elise Perry, who ever thought this would happen that she wasn't just a walk up start for every form of the women's game? But I suppose um, life moves on, doesn't it? Sometimes. Yeah, and she's also part of this leadership group, Timmy. So she's. Uh herself and a few other senior players and Maddie Mott are looking to the future and they're sort of saying they need to now pick different teams like they do in uh, in the male setup in the Australian team um, a different T20 team different one day team a different test team and that would mean potentially she could miss out on the T20 World Cup look she's been a, a mainstay since 2008 uh, and a fantastic sportsman um, cricketer and soccer player um, and she's doing the right thing but uh, yeah once again just showing her real leadership qualities yeah what about Sam Kerr who's picking the best 11 uh, players <laughs> in the world is it someone is it Mr Magoo is it someone with their eyes painted on I mean she's the, th- <laughs> she's the second best player in the world but fails to be named in, in the first 11 how does that work yeah but it's, it's one of these make-believe teams right 
what's called FIF Pro. Um, yeah, she was voted second best player in the world and missed out on the team. So it must be down to the Spanish striker um, picked in her position. That's what I'm, I'm assuming. But uh, yeah, who really cares? <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's sort of. If you are the second best player in the world, one would suggest that you might make the first. Yeah, you should, yes. um, yeah. Now, if she was a male player, she'd certainly make Ange Postacoglu's Celtic side. He's <laughs> uh, he, he's brought a couple of Japanese guys across, and they've played really well. Ange can do no wrong uh, at Celtic, and uh, he's really been bullish on getting um, a few of these Japanese stars, and he brought them straight into his team. Uh, Maeda uh, scored straight away. Um, on his first game, and Hatati uh, was man of the match. He plays in the midfield, so yeah, he's a bit of a um, a bit of a wizard at the moment. And Costapoglu up there in Celtic, and they've lost a legend, the the, the world game, and and it's they're sad days when, when when great players in any sport pass away. This guy was mm. extraordinary, six time European Cup winner Francisco Paco Gento died uh, just a couple of years away from his ninetieth birthday. Yeah, what what a superstar! He played six hundred appearances. Um, for Real Madrid, uh, on the left wing, 182 goals. I think he won 12 premierships. Uh, unbelievable footballer, and uh, yeah, very very passionate about their football in Spain and, and particularly Real Madrid. So it'll be a big loss, and it'll be, a, I'm assuming, a bit of mourning for for a week or so at least. Yeah, 600 games, six-time European well, Cup yep. winner. That, that's phenomenal stuff, isn't it? Mm. Stay with us on Afternoon Sport Tennis. Nick Kyrgios has had a big win, basketball, footy, and much much more. Nick Kyrgios, well, he, he got everyone's attention very early on in that match. He had he had COVID a couple of weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, I think it was, Shane, but you couldn't tell. You could not tell. He uh, Look, what you get with this guy, whether you love him or you hate him, uh, he puts on a show. He's doing his old tricks, you know, the underarm serves. He came out against Liam Brody, the Englishman, uh, six straight sets, 6-4, 6-4, 6-3. And quoting, um, quoting Nick himself, he said, I served bloody well. And he did. Um, his big next match uh, is against uh, Daniel Medvedev, uh, the world number two. So he's got his work cut out there. But if he serves and plays like that, um, he's every chance to take him down. But once again, you never know with old Nick. Yeah, he might be getting Medvedev at the right time because um, it's always mm. been the complaint with Kyrgios, particularly in the last few years, is that he sort of gets tired and hasn't had enough match time as his tournament goes on. But to get Medvedev in the second round, it means that he may, mm. if he can possibly get through that, come across some easier uh, opposition in the next couple. Now, the crowd loved that ball kid's uh, reaction after being hit by Kyrgios. <laughs> Well, a 213-kilometre-per-hour serve, like a bullet, mm. hit, hit this poor little uh, ball boy, <laughs> and he just smiled, and, uh, yeah, the crowd loved it. But, uh, look, he'll be wearing that uh, that probably little bruise as a badge of honour, I'm sure, Tim. Andy Murray, a few years ago, I thought that, you know, there's no way in the world that you could ever come back. He, he looked broken. Uh, he could barely get around the court with that. I think it was a back injury. But it's phenomenal. He's come back, and he's had... Uh, he's had a great win, um, uh, and everyone loved it at the Australian Open. Yeah, he did, mate. It's, it's quite funny. He's had a funny career, hasn't he, um, Murray, where not many people really used to like him. He's a sort of 
forlorn, dour sort of guy and he just sort of moan all the time, even when he was at his best, you know, the world number one. Um, but come back now, there's a real uh, real love for him and, and they want to see him do well. Look, he won this in five sets, so it's a big thing for him after coming back from all those injuries. And, uh, yeah, he has a lot of support now, which is really, really good to see. Yeah, and I think it's come with age as well, hasn't it, married with children yeah. and people see a little mm. bit of the real side of Andy Murray, battle back from injury. Back then it was a bit like, you know, you're always looking up to mum in the crowd, this professional Scotsman who sort of didn't show a lot of personality. So, yeah, he's he has, as you say, become a little bit of a crowd favourite. Now um, He has. Uh, no, I was going to say, Tim, mm-hmm. he's actually got a um, – he brought out a few years ago his own rap song, so we might get Dan, our producer, to try and find that. During Wimbledon, it really gets crazy. My hand cramps up and my mind gets hazy. I sign and sign, but the line doesn't end. Wake me up tomorrow, let's do it again. Apparently sold 11 copies. It was, it was appalling. It was worse than my brother's Brett's Bollywood song. So, uh, yeah, have a listen to that one. Yeah, the one that Brett wrote in 18 minutes, but it went to number one. <laughs> you tell you what, yeah. he has the Midas touch. Um, now, Novak Djokovic, uh, Tennis Australia, they've been criticised. They've broken their silence on it, um, but they've been criticised for sort of being a little weak in their response um, to, to what happened. Yeah, well, uh, Tennis Australia... Uh, finally came out with an official statement on day two of the Australian Open. So they've waited a day or so. Um, and they said they respect the decision of uh, the immigration minister. And TA, TA also defended uh, boss Craig Tiley. So I'm sure Craig Tiley was signing off on this um, press release as well. Uh, but he said he has full support of the board and its members. And uh, he's done a really, really good job. Well, I don't agree with that. I, I think he's done an appalling job. And um, I think they're just trying to put this one to bed and get on, get on with life. It doesn't really matter what they write, and I think people have had their perception of, of how it was handled, and mm. it was a schmozzle. Yeah. Yep. Now, in the in the rugby league, uh, uh, look, I've always thought the Pacific Islands are the future of the game internationally. So I'm thinking Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, and of course a strong New Zealand with Australia. Mm. Put all those together, and you've got a, a really good international game. In the Northern Hemisphere, look, it's a waning game, isn't it, in England and mm. France. Um, and it's really good to see the Melbourne Storm, in particular New Zealand Warriors, um, looking to raise funds for those in Tonga hit by that uh, tsunami. Yeah, really, really good from the NRL. Good positive story. Uh, as you said, the Storm and the Warriors uh, in their trial match, all funds will go uh, to the disaster zone there. And you're right, Tim, the Pacific Islands uh, – a big um, uh, breeding ground for a lot of the NRL stars, and you see they're they're in every team, um, and they're really passionate about the football over there, and they have been for a long time, and they are good. They are great footballers. Yeah, and I think if if the Australian government, the NRL, can can continue to focus on giving money, supporting and bringing them through. I mean, imagine a, 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 a like a tri series or. Or, or four teams playing in a series where you've got all the, the you know, the ceremonial stuff that goes on, uh, the wonderful ceremonial stuff that goes on with each of the mm. countries. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, it hasn't quite got there yet, so we'll watch this space with interest. Now, in the AFLW, West Coast Eagles, um, now they're the only club not to wear a themed jersey for the AFLW Pride round. Yeah, uh, well, they, they just said that. They want to take this decision slowly. Maybe they think the West Coast Eagles jerseys flamboyant enough. I don't know, Tim. <laughs> um, but they said firstly they want to concentrate. They've got, they've got Pride Round mm. and they've got Indigenous Round, all these different rounds, right? And um, they said they're working on their Indigenous outfit first. Then they'll address – they don't want to rush it and get it wrong. So that's fair enough. That's their decision and they'll move on with it. They're taking it seriously. They're, they're not denying it or, or trying to avoid it. They're just saying they don't want to rush into um, the design of the jersey.
What about Michael Phelps weighing in on the whole transgender <laughs> swimming controversy? Now, this isn't just a, a swimming issue, is it? It's not, mate. So Leah Thomas um, is transgender, now identifies as a woman, competed only three years ago as a man. Um, yeah, I just don't agree with this. Um, I, I just don't think there's a reason why there are male and female events. We are Men and women are physically different. And um, it's simple as that, and, and we appreciate both sides. I don't know how you can just sort of switch and choose, you know, just because you, you're not identifying with a, you know, um, it's a tough one, Tim, but, yeah, uh, people have real strong views on this, I'm sure, but I don't agree with it. What about in the NBA? The uh, strongest man in America loses it. Uh, they're calling him a Kiwi killer. Kiwi killer and giant. Stephen Adams, mate, he uh, prevented a brawl between his teammate and, and Joe Morant. Jay Morant, I should say. And, um, yeah, they're saying he's the strongest man. Now, this guy's going to go into WWE for sure now, won't he? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's a monster. I tell you what, he's already he's, – <laughs> you can give him a thousand names. Good deal. Um, now, of course, Shane, we talked earlier on in the, the – the, the podcast about the celebrations in Hobart. No doubt uh, the old New South Wales cricket team that you were a part of as a, as a young fella, 18 years of age, knew how to party. But um, when you first started, you were also part of the odd uh, G-up, stitch-up. Yeah, I got stitched up. I was only 18, uh, fresh out of Oak Flats from the south coast, and uh, we had our first official New South Wales function. They told me it was fancy dress, and I went out of my way to make sure I... Did a really good effort and dressed up, and I got a um, got the Humphrey B. Bear outfit. Um, and when I walked into the room, I realised quite quickly it was black tie. I was the only one in fancy dress, so I had to spend the whole night walking around with no pants on as Humphrey. What a <laughs> pretty embarrassing, mate. What a funny old fellow <laughs> is she now? <laughs> and it was so hot in that thing too, mate. It was a long night. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Maine Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainehaircare.com. And our great producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.